Hi everybody, welcome to the video and live streaming show. I'm John Lacey and I'm joined as always by Sam Proof. Today we're talking all about LinkedIn with a very special guest who I'll introduce you to in a moment. But uh, we are going out live to all the various places. So if you are watching live, let us know in the chat where you're watching from. We'd love to hear from you. And we'd also like to hear about your relationship with LinkedIn generally. I know it's it's a bit of a um, controversial one for some of us, but uh, tell us about that in the chat. But Sam, welcome. How How's your week been? I know it's always crazy. It's, in, it's in always Sam crazy. Land. And it's getting crazier with uh, the fast approaching Halloween day. We already started doing Halloween things. We went to Trunk or Treat last night with the kids and we're supposed to have a bake sale for the kids this Sunday, but we got like this weird wind advisory in Los Angeles that like is like gale force winds Sunday exactly when you're doing the bake sale. So now they're rushing to get this all set up for tomorrow. So as wow. soon as this is done, I'm running in to help put up signs and stuff. But yeah, and then all the kitten stuff. We have kittens that are uh, getting ready to be spayed or neutered or have been doing that the last couple of days. So we've been doing that. And I probably am forgetting six or seven other things, but it's been a good busy. How's things with you, John? Are things with me are good? And I just wanted to mention, I noticed um, during the week, you apparently went live for like seven hours, <laughs> um, which I, I know some sort of that of. was pre-recorded, sort of. but um, but yeah, it was, it was great to see you get back in the swing of things. Um, things are, are pretty good. You know, they're, they're always busy here, but um, I just keep on keeping on. So... Uh, that, that's been been really good. And a big hello to anybody who's joining us live in the chat. I'll check in with that in just a moment. But um, we need to talk about LinkedIn today. So we've got yeah. a very special guest uh, to talk to you about uh, LinkedIn. Um, I'm multitasking, which is always fun. So let me press this magical button so you can see Yay. some beautiful graphics. So we're talking to Michelle J. Raymond today on the show. Michelle J. Raymond is the founder of the B2B Growth Co., um, a LinkedIn pages expert and the co-author of Business Gold, Build Awareness, Authority and Advantage with LinkedIn Company Pages and the LinkedIn Branding Book. So first of all, welcome to the show, Michelle. Let me just... Press another button. Where else would I rather be? Because, you know, I normally join as a listener and a watcher on my Saturday mornings while I'm meant to be cleaning the house. So when you asked me to come on live, <laughs> I was a hell yeah. Awesome. And now all the I dirt will build up. <laughs> exactly. It's I'm funny. I, I said... Talk. I right. said during the weeks, uh, you know, you know, you're procrastinating really hard when you'd rather clean the house. But um, anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's sort of dive in uh, to the things that we want to talk about in just a second. Although we have so many comments, I want to I want to talk about some of these comments before we get started. Um, Said is joining us uh, from Germany, where I know it's ridiculously late in the night slash early in the morning, uh, but it's so great to have your company, um, your co-author. Michelle B. Griffin is in the uh, in the chat as well from Pensacola, Florida. Brenda Mello is here as well from Detroit. Um, and yes, we, we, there's so much going on in the chat already. This is way better than, than house cleaning. I, I hope that <laughs> proves to be the case. Okay, so let's let's get stuck in. So I guess one of the the things that um, we want to talk about obviously is, is LinkedIn because that's where you live. And I guess one of the things that I find really interesting about you is that you're only, you're pretty much on LinkedIn and YouTube and like nowhere else online. And I know there's great pressure for a lot of us to feel like we need to be everywhere all at once. So what what is it about LinkedIn specifically as a platform that sort of a attracted your, your attention? Well, 
You know, originally when I got started, John, it was just because like everyone else, I'd got a job through LinkedIn and we're talking nearly a decade ago now, got a job through LinkedIn, started a new job, new industry, knew no one in it, didn't know what I was doing, but had 80 customers spread around Australia to try and reach. And I was like, how am I going to do this? And, you know, I kind of said to my boss, oh, can I post some content over on this LinkedIn thing? And he goes, does it cost anything? And I was like, nope. And he goes, I don't care. Just go and sell Michelle because I'm a B2B salesperson by trade. And I was like, okay then. And off I went. And I just create the most amazing niche community because I, it was so pure, John, it, it, because I didn't stray. I had no idea what else existed out in the world. And for me, it just became an amazing opportunity to reach people across the globe from wherever I was at every level of business, if I just sent like a thoughtful connection request and added a ton of value with my content, I could literally talk to anyone in the world. And, you know, I use the example that Unilever was one of my customers because they're one of the global, you know, uh, you know, world's biggest companies kind of thing. And I could reach the head of research and development in Europe or North America easily when I couldn't get to the person that was sitting 20 minutes away from my office. And I that's when the opportunity kind of got created for me. But 10 years on, the magic's still there, platforms changed, but I think the power of those relationships hasn't. Absolutely. And I guess, um, you know, obviously you came from a B2B uh, focus and uh, I, I guess that's probably not true of everybody. Uh, Sam did sort of ask how often people uh, posted to LinkedIn. And I just want to bring up this comment because it cracks me up. But um, Insomni Doodles are saying that she hasn't posted to LinkedIn uh, in three years. So I guess for people that maybe are less sure of that as a platform, as an opportunity, like what would you, you tell them about the platform? I get that it can be really intimidating for people. Why? Because it's a professional space where maybe your management team can see it, your CEO, your colleagues, your competitors. Everybody has that visibility from people. You may not want to see, you know, what you're doing. And so Mm -hmm. most of the time I find that even when people are super active over on Instagram or TikTok, ask them to post content on LinkedIn and they just freeze. And, you know, when Michelle and I wrote the LinkedIn branding book, we started our whole brand squared system on mindset because we wanted to address those fears. And, you know, people that haven't posted for three years is probably more common than uncommon, which is, you know, probably mind blowing because when you go onto the platform, it feels like everybody's creating content and everybody's got something to say and they're all performing really well, but it's actually not the case. It's such a small percentage of users. And as we tick over pretty close to that 1 billion member mark, um, I would love for LinkedIn to release who's active and who's not. They never release those kind of numbers. Uh, I think that would be really interesting to see. But their goal is to get people active on the platform once a week, uh, which I, you know, says a lot, you know, it to me says that whilst you think everyone's out there and creating, it's not actually the case. Absolutely. Um, and, and we were actually speaking uh, just before we came on live. And I, I alluded to it already that, you know, a lot of us feel this great pressure to be everywhere all at once. And it's funny, um, it's almost a running joke on this show, because Sam says, don't spread yourself too thin. And I sort of come back and say, yeah, okay, but if I'm creating something and I'm giving away for free, I just throw it out everywhere and just just see what happens. But right. do, well, you, it's, do you... It's the... No, I'm going to cut you off anyway. <laughs> but it's, it's, the, it's don't spread yourself out too thin. 
Also, we're streaming to eight different platforms right now. <laughs> Go on. Sorry, John. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's essentially the tension, though. And I guess, like, how do you encourage people to think about where to to put their, their time and energy? Because it can be can be so tempting to want to be everywhere all at once and it, it I, I don't know that it's necessarily achievable the FOMO is real you know like you think if I put all my eggs in one basket oh what happens if LinkedIn falls over or insert which other other platform is your weapon of choice now once upon a time I tried to be everywhere so Instagram and X or Twitter or whatever it's called these days <laughs> I tried to do all of that and then I found myself just you know, at the same time trying to build a business, service my clients, and I was wrecked and I didn't even like those other platforms. Now, what should guide you? Where does your ideal community, your target audience, where do they hang out? Go fishing where the fish are. It doesn't matter if I love LinkedIn. If your audience isn't hanging out on LinkedIn, then go somewhere else. But ultimately, why am I here? 65% of decision makers are here. It's the platform where business gets done. It's a B2B platform. So does that mean that B2C can't come and play on LinkedIn? Absolutely not. And I saw that so much in the beauty industry with all of our cosmetic and skincare brands. They were active for different reasons, not because that's where their consumer hangs out, although professional people have money to spend, but there's a whole lot more that goes into making a product. It can be the manufacturers, the suppliers, logistic partners, industry bodies. Like there's so much more to bringing a product to life than, you know, the last little piece of the puzzle, which is selling it on a shelf. And so, you know, for me, it's always assess what are your goals, work backwards, you know, where are you going to get biggest bang for your buck until you can grow, until you can maybe get some other help if you need it. But for me, I just go hard on LinkedIn. As you said, I've got a YouTube channel, which I'm just getting back around to. I've, you know, come and gone from YouTube. It's one of those places that I see the value right now. It's where probably most of my leads are coming from. If I'm totally honest, they're coming from YouTube, probably looking up how do I do something and then finding me and then reaching out to me on LinkedIn. And then we have the conversation about how we can work together. I do two podcasts as well, as you mentioned um, on the slide just a little bit earlier. And why I fell into those two things, I got sick of my content disappearing down the LinkedIn feed. So for me, I was putting a lot of effort into creating stuff that would disappear in 48 to 72 hours. So YouTube and podcasts specifically, and of course books also tick another box, but they're their next level. Um, but ultimately they live for much longer time than what they do in a feed on a social platform. So that was another factor for me to consider. Absolutely. Um, so I guess, you know, whether somebody is an entrepreneur or an employee or a potential employee, job seeker, what are some of the, the I guess, the LinkedIn specific features that you would encourage them to start having a look at and maybe using if they were looking to post more often? I think the thing you've got to start off with is getting your LinkedIn profile updated. If you haven't posted or been active on the platform for a while, chances are that your profile probably needs a little bit of a polish. Uh, for some people more than others, uh, my age record for the oldest outdated photo on LinkedIn, guess how Guess how many years it was? Let's, let's see. What do you think the oldest LinkedIn photo is that I've seen? I want to say 12. What do you oh, think, Sam? 10, 12 yeah. years. Higher. Oh, wow. Higher. Wow. <clears throat> Keep going. Double it, uh, basically. Oh, my God. 15? Right, so this, 
this guy had a photo from 25 years ago. He had the Magnum wow. PI moustache, <laughs> right? So I'm talking to someone that's obviously got no more moustache, grayer hair, you know, a whole bunch of things. But he just grabbed a photo at some point, set the profile up and forgot about it because coming from an industry that wasn't necessarily hot on LinkedIn at that time, it was just who cares? But mm. What people don't realize is you can Google somebody's name and your LinkedIn profile shows up on that front page. So this is what I want to let people know is if you have a profile and someone finds you elsewhere and comes across to LinkedIn, if you're not active, they reach a ghost town. We want to roll out a red carpet, as I say, you know, give them a great first impression and LinkedIn profiles, make sure they're up to date. So they're a worthwhile investment as far as that goes. Other features there's so many to pick from, but I, I'm cautious to kind of say, go and do this because mm -hmm. if you don't love that, like if you hate video, you hate live stream, I'm not going to tell you to go and do that. But I'm also cautious and say, you know what, give it a try because you might find out that you love it. So, but I think we're starting to see more features that are more fun for creators. It's never going to be as cool as some of the other platforms like TikTok or whatever that are, you know, built around discovery built around, you know, having some more tools. Um, but ultimately, I think people would be pleasantly surprised how far it's come in the last two or three years. And I just want to check in with a chat here. Um, so Saeed is saying, I only use LinkedIn. I often feel too old for all the other social media platforms. The regular changes to the uh, LinkedIn algorithm never, never let things get boring. Um, Insomnia Doodles had a comment here as well. Uh, LinkedIn seems like a great platform to connect with folks, but it is so focused on jobs or the are you looking for work spam I get from LinkedIn is actually triggering sure. for her as a, as a disabled person. Um, so I guess actually, it really like... Sorry, so I was just going to say the interesting part to that, it's all about perceptions, right? So mm -hmm. if you come to my community, my feed, I don't have any of those things. Now, to go to the first point, 65% of LinkedIn are between 25 and 34 years old, right? 65%. Mm. So the perception that it's for old people like me, you know, I'm 47 soon. So, you know, it, it's, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, it's people my age and above because LinkedIn's been around for 20 years, but it turns yeah. out it's a much younger platform. Um, in, in terms of the disability space, I think we're actually starting to see LinkedIn do a lot more features and have a lot more awareness around these kinds of things. And um, I can always put you in touch with people in my community that are really active in that space. Um, but one thing that I would say to anyone, if you go down your feed and you see a post that you really don't like or triggers you, there's three dots in the top right-hand corner click on those and go and find the unfollow button. You won't have to see that kind of content again. So uh, for me, spending time doing that is such a worthwhile investment so that now when I come onto LinkedIn, I see who I want and what I want. And if the weeds pop up, which they do from time to time, you can just, you know, remove them and away they go. Absolutely. Um, and a big hello to Marcello, who's watching over on LinkedIn hey. and saying hello. Um, hi to CG as well. And uh, you, Michelle um, B 
So, Michelle Squared, we probably need to mention, we need to talk about Michelle Squared before we can continue, because I, if you don't know, you don't know. Talk to <laughs> us about Michelle Squared, Michelle, well, Jay. Look, M- Michelle Squared, <laughs> which is Michelle B. Griffin and I, is one of the best things that's ever happened to me on LinkedIn. And let me tell you, so as you shared, I am all about company pages. That's what I'm best known for. But going back three years ago, John, when I used to comment and talk about company pages, I would get slammed. People thought that I was so crazy. Why would I anyone want to consider company pages? So I'd written a comment in pro company pages, uh, which really stood out in a, in a bunch of anti-company page comments. And Michelle, you know, came on and she said, she reached out to connect. She's like, Michelle, like, I liked your comment on that. I can see where you're coming from that. We jumped on a Zoom Two hours later, we were still talking and we haven't stopped talking since. So I'm um, really proud that that's a podcast that's, you know, up to about 80 episodes or so now. Uh, we have written a book together. So she's in Pensacola, Florida. I am here in Sydney, Australia. And I just, you know, the amount of help that we've given each other behind the scenes. These are the things that come out of LinkedIn that I want people to be aware of. It's not about how far your post goes. It's not about how cool it is. It is who can you connect with that makes you better as a person, no matter what your goal is, and maybe helps your business grow. And, you know, that's the power of Michelle Squared. So shout out to her. I actually get to meet her in February next year. I'm off to uh, San Diego to talk at Social Media Marketing World and going on a bit of a tour of the US so I can catch up with people. So super super excited about that one and it's it's kind of funny that you have that story because sam and i have never physically met um but we've been we've known each other for like 15 years and we did meet in a video chat room like uh, so many years ago the platform that we met on doesn't even exist anymore but it's it's amazing and i was from the east coast so it's Mm -hmm. it's a a bit spooky (laughs) <laughs> so obviously I, I mean I have to meet John because we're closer like mm, there's no excuse we're that's... only a few hours away <laughs> I must admit um and I probably shouldn't say this but I'm going to anyway as a bit of an introvert um on the the back end of the pandemic I'm social distancing still like it's an Olympic sport but yes potentially you're you're certainly a lot closer to me than Sam is but this is the video and live streaming show. Um, I'm John Lacey. I'm joined by Sam Proof, as always, and also our special guest today, Michelle J. Raymond, talking all things LinkedIn. And we're going to talk about branding next, so stay tuned. We are constantly training our cats every interaction that we have with them. Mm-hmm. So when Johan would get on my counter before, you know, this is 10 years ago before I was the cat expert that I am now. Johan would jump on the counter. What was the first thing I did? I'd say his name, Johan. He loves that. That's a reward for him. He Mm -hmm. said, you you just said my name. I would go over to him and I talk to him and be like, you can't be on the count. Johan loves when I talk to him. Ding. That's another reward for Johan. I'd pick him up and put him on the ground, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want him to think I was mad at him. So when I'd pick him up, I'd pick him up very nicely and kiss him on the head and say, I love you, but you can't be here. I put him on the ground. I had just done three things that rewarded him for being on the counter. So I was encouraging him to continue doing that. And that's a segment from Sam's podcast, Just Kidding Around, which you can learn more about over at cuteavalanche.com. So this is the video and live streaming show. We're talking all about LinkedIn today, but we will be talking about um, YouTube and video and a few other things uh, on, on the way as well. But Michelle, you've been doing something that you've dubbed Operation Rebrand. Can you set the scene and, and just, just tell us about that and why you decided to, to do it? 
Sure. So to give people a very quick backstory, my life went like this. In around February 2020, I did a LinkedIn post and I managed to score $2 million piece of business from a company that, okay, so I go from the high of, oh my God, I've just won $2 million worth of business from a LinkedIn post. A couple of weeks later, I go into the low of, I had to quit on the spot because the boss I work for reneged on that deal. So talk about highest of the highs and lowest of the lows. I decided in that moment, I'm not working for anyone else. So I spent six months to try and work out what that business might be because I had no ideas or no plans. My business was born. I was going to go and sell chemicals and stuff into the beauty industry, which is where I'd come from. Uh, Spoiler alert, end up a LinkedIn trainer going back to teach that industry how to do what I'd been doing. Faked my way through it. Not going to lie. I have been hustling and trying and experimenting and trying to find my piece of the puzzle and where I fit. And that process has been going on for, let's say, three years now. Now, what happened was, as I call it, my Frankenstein brand was born where I bolted things on as I learned. Or maybe I had a conversation with Michelle Griffin and she'd be like, what about this, Michelle? Because I was the typical salesperson that thought branding and marketing was a waste of time. Why would you need it when you've got to really hot salesperson like I am. Uh, Now I've learned and I have to apologize to all the marketers out there that I've ever worked with. You are more than just the people that get the promo gear for the events, uh, which is what I thought it was. But when I reached that point and I started to work out where I wanted to be, I realized I was so out of whack with where I wanted to go and where I was with my brand. And it was just, it felt uncomfortable. I call it like the rock in the shoe. So operation rebrand meant that everything in my business went under the spotlight. And if it didn't align with where I wanted to go, I basically have torched it to the ground. And that means new business name, new websites, new everything, email addresses, you name it, it is Literally, I am the phoenix rising, John. Like that that is what it feels like. Um, It's been crazy. But it's been also, whilst it's a lot of work, I've got to tell you, in such a short period of time, it's had such a big impact on my business. I feel more comfortable. I'm excited. I know I'm in the right place. It feels like it fits. And I feel like I've leveled up and I'm seeing that people are reaching out to me, uh, starting to feel that and see that. And it could be something little like changing my YouTube thumbnails or my podcast artwork or my podcast website name. So many little things that I've changed, but it's just to bring it back into alignment. So if I was to create it from scratch now with the knowledge that I've built over the last three years, with the help that I've got with brilliant people around me to get that clarity, um, now it's just I feel like I'm on a rocket ship and I, I'm like, okay, I've got to get ready for this thing because I didn't think would it have as big an impact as what it has. If I'm completely honest, I knew it was the right thing to do, but I also questioned whether it was worth the amount of effort. Like I've had to change thumbnails and descriptions on about 100 YouTube videos, 100 podcast Mm -hmm. episodes. Mm -hmm. I I don't even want to talk about my website. That's like the one dirty little (laughs) secret, but it's getting fixed. Michelle Griffin, it's getting fixed, I promise. Um, But ultimately it is how do I and it's more than just colors as, as I thought, but how do I bring everything so it's clear to everyone else what I do and who I help? And now that that's clear, it's amazing how many people reach out and go, I'm in B2B and I want to grow my business. I was like, well, my company name is now B2B Growth Co. Kind of like feels like you're in the right place, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been, I'm not going to lie, it's about, you know, a year's worth of umming and ahhing for the first half of this year 
biting the bullet, finally finding the right business name that felt right and wasn't taken. And then now it's been the implementation, which is a huge amount of work that I couldn't do without Lil's help. So shout out to her. But ultimately, it's it's just, yeah, I, I can't wait for next year when this is all done and the website's sorted. I'm like, yes. It now feels right. It's me. So, yeah, Operation Rebrand. I've been sharing my journey along the way to let people know why I'm doing stuff because I want them to know it's okay to make mistakes. I want them to know that nobody's perfect, no matter how many followers you have on whatever platform, but also that there is real advantage to growing your business if you invest in these kind of things. When you uh, when you first made the move to Operation Rebrand, how did you sort of deal with the like imposter syndrome of like, I'm an expert on this. I am not an expert on this. Oh, you try try writing a book on branding, and then let, you, let I'll let you know how my imposter syndrome goes. And having a podcast called the LinkedIn Branding Show, um, I'm just so grateful that the premise of that show is here's what's really going on for us. And you know, we get so many people reach out and go. Oh my God, thank God someone just shared what's going on instead of, you know, it's not all perfect and it's all mm-hmm. neatly boxed with a nice little bow tied on top. Yeah. We share what we're going through. And it's just been so amazing that the impact it's had on others, it allows, you can almost feel them going, ah, oh, I can breathe again. And, you know, but my imposter syndrome um, kicks in because. My other dirty little secret is I hate coming second in anything. I am fiercely competitive. And so when I feel like I'm not number one for whatever reasons going on in my mind, uh, yeah, it beca- it, 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 I can go down that rabbit hole, but I'm better at catching it these days uh, because I realize I'm running my own race. So there is no one to come second to. And I think that's a pretty valuable lesson that didn't come straight away. And I think, uh, like, the thing that I try to explain to people is very few things on the internet are ever completely done. There are all kinds of opportunities to go back in and edit them and and change them and make them different. But I think the more powerful thing that you're sort of alluding to is just the fact that you've brought people along for that journey. So they don't need to, to, to be perfect. And again, as someone who personally struggles with a lot of perfectionistic tendencies... You know, if I waited until I was perfect, I would never do anything ever. And the reality is you learn that, you know, by all means, consume the videos and read the books and listen to the podcast. But at the end of the day, the best feedback is the feedback you'll get by actually doing things. Right. Which is why live streaming is so good, because it forces you not to be perfect and to get feedback immediately. Absolutely. And can I... Tell you though, because I'm the opposite. So Michelle and I always joke. So I dive in the deep end with the sharks, as we say, and I just figure it out. You know, I'm in there and I'm like, don't worry, it'll be fine. I'll sort it out. And she's at the other end with you, John, perfectionist, planner, you know, has all these amazing ideas. And so we're literally coming at things from completely the opposite. I love that we've influenced each other so much that now we've come away from those extremes and we probably um, are moving towards that middle piece where I now stop and think, 
before I take these actions, before I invest my money, before I do stuff, okay, let's have a bit of a plan. Let's let's sort this out so I don't have to rebrand again in five years. Michelle is now jumping in a little bit from time to time going, if I just sit around planning ideas that are perfect forever and not doing them, then there's an impact on that. And so that's where I love where when, and you guys probably have the same thing, where you bring out the best in each other um, just by having those collaborations go on. And I'm so with you, Sam, live streams, you can throw your perfectionism out the door because yeah. something always happens. <laughs> yeah. Something always does. goes wrong and it's never the same thing twice. <laughs> so true. This is why I love them. This is why I love them. Live definitely happens as, as we like to say. Yes. Um, I just want to check in with the the chat and hello yeah. to um, Garen Bellini, who's joining us from hey, Micro Studio. He's sort of, um, I, I can't even see the comments anymore, but he was joking about having an ad placement. But um, we, we need to get you on the show. We'd love to love to chat with you, Garen. Um, <laughs> so there we go. How can I get a commercial slot? Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> okay, awesome. So uh, a few other things I wanted to, to call out here. So um, thank you to Kaz, who's joining us over on LinkedIn as well. Um, Saeed is saying, fun fact, the best performing content on LinkedIn is probably the one that tells you how to perform better on LinkedIn. And I guess, like, if you think about the Venn diagram of what you're interested in, what other people are interested in, and if you're all on LinkedIn, then that's a complete circle. Um, that 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 can be tempting. But again, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of encouraging people to sort of stay in, in their lanes and not to get too distracted by too many things. But there's always that temptation because, you know, that is that is definitely the over, overlap. Yeah, for me, I find that there are some people that I often wonder, they talk about LinkedIn so much. I think, are you, have you become a LinkedIn trainer? Like I am a mm -hmm. bit confused here. Uh, you know, AI is probably another example of it. People that are known for something and get paid for something, but start talking about other stuff so much that you lose what they're actually known for. And even more so if you're running a business on LinkedIn and you just, confuse people, you're not going to get those sales from the effort that you're putting in. And I, I see that so much. It actually, with a lot of consultants, they're not getting leads into their business because people don't know what they do anymore. They're, they're literally just going, I'm confused. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, again, like, I, I think that's, that's the other part of branding and, you know, you want to be known for something. And if you dilute that reputation, like no one's going to think of you in relation to any particular expertise. So just, just keep that in mind. So this is the video and live streaming show. We're going to come back and talk about video specifically in just a second. And then I looked at the first assessment and the first assessment was record a five minute video. And it was a pretty simple introduction of yourself. There was nothing exciting. I didn't have to research. It was just a five-minute warm-up. And I freaked out. That course is still sitting in the cupboard beside me. I see that stack of papers and I almost rock in the corner. It cost me a lot of money to sign up and I, I threw the whole course away. But that was a conversation that we had on my podcast, Build a Presentation Muscle. Um, and you can learn more about that over at johnlacey.com and, and check that out. But that was, I, I don't, I have no sense of time these days, but um, that was certainly before you were doing Operation Rebrand. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I, I kind of like to point to you as an example of somebody who is very candid about the fact that it wasn't particularly comfortable or natural to be on, on camera and like just some of the things that you've done towards getting beyond that. Because 
I see a lot of communities where so many people are very interested in being on camera, but they just can't drag themselves to be in front of that camera. And I know in the uh, the LinkedIn uh, branding book, uh, you know, you, you you talk about a number of different beliefs uh, that, that you need to unpack to encourage people to actually be comfortable sort of sharing their message and making sure that it's not, you know, just about them. It's about potentially helping people. But if, if you did encounter somebody who's just starting from, from absolute beginning right now, what would you recommend to them? The secret to, I think, my success from going to someone who I literally paid $250 last week to extend that course to have another go at it for the next year, just to <laughs> go back and, you know, attack my demons. If I was to go back, the difference between Michelle you know, three years ago that wouldn't get on video, that couldn't make that five-minute video to the one that's on video, I don't know how many times a week these days and speaking in all all different ways. The one thing I was committed to, John, that made a difference is that I was hell-bent on making sure that I worried about how I was going to help the person on the other side more than I worried about me. And so the second that I start worrying about why would anyone want to listen to my accent? My voice is too girly. It doesn't match me. What if I stumble on my words? How many filler words did I use today? Did I look at the camera? Like <laughs> my brain does all of that stuff too, right? Like I am human. But now what it does is says there's someone out there on the other side of that lens. Yes, I'm talking to you. You are out there and I've got something that will make a difference to you and help you grow. Either a problem that I can solve for you or a way that I can help you. And when I'm in that zone, I'm like, you can't stop me there, you know, wild horses couldn't drag me away when I'm in that zone. And as long as I stay in that zone, I don't hear my voice. I don't worry about what I look like. I just literally, I'm like, I'm here to help you. It's all about you. And that's the difference between a beginner and someone that's further down the track. Um, you know, I have done the work in fairness. I watch back my replays and I used to sit here and do this for instance. Mm -hmm. I used to swing. I used to move around. I used to move in and out from the microphone. I used to do all of those things. But when I watch back replays to look for how can I deliver my message better, I've just done it more times and practiced more times. And it sounds like a cliche, but ultimately I'm here to serve someone else. That's what it's all about. And the rest of it, no one cares what I sound like. Actually, yep. the other way around, I learned that people love my voice. I hate it. I have hangups about it. But everyone else comments on, oh, I could listen to you all day. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, you should try being my partner and see how that goes. Um, but, you know, like from that perspective, that's the difference, I think, for me. And you've got to be willing to give it a go. And if you can't do it for yourself, do it for someone that you want to help. Sure. Um, I wasn't even going to bring this up, but... Um... And I, I was I was looking for a tripod earlier in the week and I found this instead. This is actually a USB cassette player. And I found old cassette tapes. There are people in the audience that won't even know what I'm talking about because they're too young. But I literally had... Um, I, 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 as a teenager, I was on community radio and I have all these tapes from my shows. And nice. I thought it would be just interesting to listen to, but I cannot overstate how horrifyingly squeaky my voice was back then. <laughs> so, I mean, on some I level, wait. I think, 
I think you need to sort of, you know, you need to, you, you need to actually get comfortable watching yourself back and listening to yourself. And that's one thing. But I think you also need to just extend some grace to yourself and just realize that nobody's really expecting you to be perfect. You know, it's in a lot of ways, if you are perfection, no one can relate to you. No, I I don't think anyone wants it like at all. And if you want to see my first video that I made on LinkedIn, message me on LinkedIn and I will tag you in the video. It's in there. You go to the videos tab in my activity section, scroll back a couple of years and you'll see it. And I look at that and I cringe. But at the time, it was the best I could do. And it was better than being petrified to do one. And it's not that bad. I've showed many other people. I was my own worst critic, which I'm sure both of you can relate to at some point yes. in your journey. I can see Sam's nodding his head going, mm-hmm, yep. Oh, yeah. But also we need to get John to release the tapes. <laughs> people it's spoken. funny. The, the, I, I, sent, I sent a clip to a couple of people. The only reason I haven't sort of presented it to more people because the particular clip I had sort of had some copyright music underneath it. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah. I've got a whole bunch of tapes. I will, I will subject you to, to that at some point. Get the tapes. Get the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll set up like but a private Patreon then. <laughs> Like, and and to be clear, like, it was really horrifying. Like, I just don't remember being that squeaky. But also, I can compare that with what I do now and go, wow, I have come a long way. I, you know, it's it's an opportunity to to feel proud of of the things that that I've been achieving. So, you know, I, I... I'm just so distracted by all the, the chat about the tapes now. I, I don't know if I should have brought that up, but there you go. It's it's absolutely true. Um, so I guess the the other thing that we've already alluded to is that you do have a YouTube channel, and like you you're doing some really impressive things on the YouTube channel. And I think you've already mentioned that a lot of the views that find you are people looking to learn about using specific LinkedIn uh, features. So can you tell us about, you know, what your experience is over on on YouTube specifically? I don't know how anyone is a YouTube creator full time because (laughs) I love live streams because you show up, you have a chat. If you've got, you know, someone that you're doing with, you'd bounce off each other. It's fabulous. Nothing's planned, nothing's scripted, not in my lives anyway. Uh, Go to YouTube, however, and the minute I try and do these planned scripts or storyboards or whatever, just goes out the window. Uh, My brain goes back to starter mode. Uh, But what I've discovered is it's a really great way for me to make smaller style videos that address certain little pieces of LinkedIn, which, you know, the LinkedIn help team is near impossible to get a hold of. LinkedIn help section, you can never find stuff. So I like to be the place where people can come and find it. And I've I've had challenges with that channel because I thought I had to do things in a YouTube style, you know, where oh, I've got to keep them coming back and watching till the end and I've got to stretch things out and do it in particular ways that YouTube people do it. And I stopped creating. I, I literally just went, this is not for me. I cannot spend 10 hours to make a two-minute video. And that's probably the ratio that it was, if I'm being honest. And then I went, you know what? People like me because I'm me. And maybe I don't make a YouTube perfect video, but I'm not a YouTube creator. I am a LinkedIn trainer that helps businesses grow. That is one place where I can, you know, people can discover me and I can create things in my own style. So when they reach out and have a chat with me, there's no difference. They're not expecting someone else. They're just like, this is what training with me is like. If you pay for a service with me, 
it looks and feels very similar to the YouTube service, um, you know, when you watch those videos. But it's been hard um, and the perfectionist in me kicked in a little bit too hard on that, which is why I stopped doing it, which is not something I ever recommend for people. So I've just picked it back up recently. And, John, you mentioned it earlier when you say give yourself some grace And I went, you know what? My YouTube videos don't have to be perfect. They just have to answer a question in a way that makes a difference to someone else. So coming back to that, why am I making it? I'm making it to help someone else. I'm not making it to be the world's best YouTube creator. I'm not Mr. Beast. I'm never going to be. But, you know, there is a video on his LinkedIn profile review if you want to go and check it out. So uh, (laughs) just a bit of fun. (laughs) I I think the thing with, you know, there is – a group of creators and there is a group of you know business people that are making content and the big difference is creators are out there looking primarily at numbers for views and followers and all of that stuff and that does not have to be the goal for a business person the goal needs to be i get one lead i do three videos and i get a lead great because that equals money yeah Look, I, the best thing that I do and the thing that I've changed up recently is instead of saying subscribe to my channel, like and comment, which is, you know, I copied from other people and thought that was best best practice. I now say, hey, let's continue this conversation. I really want to connect with people that watch over on LinkedIn. Can you come across and connect and let me know that you watched it and if it was helpful? I'm now getting all of these connections and messages and I am like high-fiving myself because the feedback that I know now that it's helping people, they are now connected. So it's not just I'm talking to the abyss, which I find a little bit tricky Mm -hmm. coming from a heavily social platform like LinkedIn to one where who's out there, you know, (laughs) like are we Mm -hmm. friends? Like what's going on? Um, So from that perspective, I think, yeah, to your point, Sam, like that has – been a game changer for me and it's all what's up in your mind you know you can make any kind of video and I think again it's like on LinkedIn you look at other people's content some people would look at my content and be intimidated by it because they're like oh I can't do what Michelle does well you probably could after 10 years of doing it pretty much day after day I've just got more time on my side and more focus but For other people, that was me on LinkedIn. Oh, sorry, that was me on YouTube. And so now I've given myself, yeah, I just can breathe. What video needs to be made that addresses a piece of the puzzle that other people don't have answers to and I do? Um, So it's it's been really interesting. I see a comment there from one of my brilliant friends. A shout out to Brenda Meller. John, I just have to hijack your show Mm -hmm. for a minute because (laughs) if it wasn't for Brenda Meller, And I met her a few years ago in Clubhouse. She's one of my dear friends now from LinkedIn, another person that's had a huge influence. And I I feel like I want to cry. I love her so much. Um, But she gave me such good advice maybe two or three years ago. I wanted her to be on my podcast. It was one of my very first podcast episodes. Um, And I went like this, Brenda, if you're not too busy and you've got nothing better to do, or maybe I, I know you're really important. You've got lots of followers um, and I'm only small and I've only just started. And I'm not really good. And you know, you're better than me. Like, would you like to come onto my podcast? Unless maybe you've got something better to do. I would understand. And she's the kind of friend that tells you you've got something in your teeth at a restaurant to use her words. And she said, Michelle, that's not you. You are more powerful than that. How, you know, go back and have another go. 
at asking me onto a show. Like we are equals <laughs> and, you know, you know, being, I, I guess conscious of what that comes across like and why I was being like that. And I got to learn the power of a powerful invite and a powerful request of other people, which was something that has changed the trajectory of my business, me growing on the platform. So um, I just wanted to hijack this and say thank you, Brenda, for being amazing. She does it for so many people and be more Brenda. Nice. I, I love um, Brenda and, and Brenda's content, although as someone who can't eat a lot of carbs, I'm slightly triggered by every time she, she talks about the, the pie. pie. Um, but but I, do, I do love that. And I guess the other thing, like, you know, it's so great to hear you talk about that experience because, frankly, you're the only person who's ever been on my podcast. Um, and at the same time that I reached out to you, I reached out to a number of people and, like, none of those things came together. And a part of me was like, I'm not even sure why Michelle said yes, but I'm, I'm so happy and grateful and we'll just run with it. So... I Why guess... wouldn't I have said yes? Sam, can you slap him? <laughs> On this screen, you look closer to him than I am. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> but that's the thing. I, I, was, I was like that. And again, I share this because... There are people that come into your world on LinkedIn and I can see Jillian Whitney's there. She's had a massive impact on me, another one of my dear friends. Um, these people are the people that have supported me to get me to where I am today. You know, there's there's so much that I get, but sometimes you need someone to kick your butt. Sometimes you need a cheerleader. Sometimes you need an accountability partner. Sometimes you just need someone to tell you what to do. Like there are all kinds of different people. Some people make you laugh. Um, John, of course I was going to come onto your show. Why wouldn't I? You teach me so much stuff when I say to people like go and check out his newsletter you will learn more than you know anywhere else I mean that because it's genuinely one of the few newsletters that I read every time and I'm like this guy knows his stuff and I know you're doing that whole like I don't know hold yourself back thing but you know I'm going to be your Brenda I'm going to be dragging you out <laughs> and uh yeah just you've been warned my friends you've been warned <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I guess before we move on, um, I, I've re been really curious to hear about some of the, the tools um, that you use for video, whether it's, you know, LinkedIn Live. I, I know you're a StreamYard user. I understand you use Descript. What does your workflow look like at the moment? Pretty simple. Like you just said there, um, I have recently stripped back so much of my stuff. So simplification leads to mastery is my motto at this point in time. So stripping back branding, stripping, you know, when I'm doing lives, just so I can repurpose things more easily, you know, down the track. So uh, as you said, I use StreamYard to record. I use Descript to get that edited. Um, I use Opus Pro to make some short clips if I want those. And that for me right now is in the scheme of Operation Rebrand and everything else that's going on, rewriting business gold and getting a new website. That's all I can manage right now. And this, these are the places where I have to give myself space and time and know that whilst there are other things that I would love to do and I would love to do them different ways or clever or whatever, that's not my focus right now. And so making sure I stick to the plan, so finish 
business gold second edition that needs to be done this weekend so i'm just throwing that out there Lanera, i promise i'll get back to writing after this <laughs> um but it, it gets finished this weekend the website gets finished by christmas and coming into the new year i can start to come back and go okay what can i level up what can i refine um so i'm not adding in new things so i'm happy with podcasts and youtube and linkedin that's my combo uh, I start to use shorts might be, you know, a bit more, you know, present on and making YouTube videos next year. But ultimately, I've got to stay focused because I don't want employees. I don't want to outsource stuff at this point in time, just because I'm trying to do so much at once. And if I even if I get other people to do it, I'll, I'll get distracted. And that's just something that I can't afford to do with the kind of goals that I'm going after. I love that. And I think like there, there's so many marketers playing on your FOMO and feeling like you have to be everywhere at once. It's it's so wonderful when you've got a sense of what you want to explore and where you're going to put your time and energy. That's that's brilliant. Yeah, hard so this lesson. is the video and <laughs> <laughs> this is the video and live streaming show. We're joined by Michelle J Raymond today, talking all things LinkedIn, and we're going to come back and talk about a little thing that I'm sure you've never been asked about before: LinkedIn company pages. Um, but we'll do that in just a second. If you've been watching us for a while or this is your first time and you're thinking, Sam, John, this is great stuff, but I'm wearing a lot of hats already and I don't need to add this to my list of things that I'm doing, but I really want to live stream. I've got you covered. I've been a freelance technical director and stream operator for 20 years, and I can help you either with one-on-one -on -one counseling, setups of shows, or even run your whole show for you. Get in touch with me, samproof at gmail.com, or find out more at samproof.tv. Okay, so yeah, if you do need help with your live streams, definitely reach out to Sam. He can totally help you with that. Um, but let's talk about LinkedIn company pages, because I think most people understand what the LinkedIn personal profile is. But I think there's a bit of confusion for some people about what a company page is and whether they should use one or not. And if so, how should they sort of think about doing that? So I guess, like, what would you tell people about, uh, I guess, uh, let, I, I'm struggling to find out where to start this, but I guess, like, what are the differences between those personal profiles and company pages? Yeah, look, it's probably the number one question. Do you need one? What are they? The, the, one of those two questions always comes up for me. And I think it's really important because LinkedIn doesn't do a great job of showing users what tools are available to them across the platform. And even creating a company page is kind of hidden. It's not obvious how you go and do it. So does everyone need one? If you own a business, run a business, there is a business in existence, it needs a company page, full stop. Now, I don't care whether you have one person in your business or 100,000 people in your business. I don't care whether you're B2B, B2C or any industry, you need a LinkedIn company page. Now, to back that up, why do you need one? In my advice is because if someone Googles your business name, you can piggyback onto the back of LinkedIn's credibility on Google and show up on that first page of search results. They are free to set up, probably take you 15 minutes if you've got an existing brand. Just follow the prompts, really simple, really easy. So you may get discovered off the platform. You can piggyback on LinkedIn's. When people come across, what are they going to find? Again, we're coming back to that analogy. Ghost town, rolling out the red carpet. 
The next piece of the puzzle then becomes how much time are you going to put into this? How many resources are you going to throw at it? What's the strategy behind it? Now that's going to differ depending on the size of the business. If you are a solopreneur, you have got a LinkedIn profile and a company page, you are going to hang out more on your LinkedIn profile because you'll get seen by more people. You'll build up connections and relationships personally, and your posts will go further than what they do on company pages. Now, if you are a bit bigger than that or have some more resources, then I want you to think about keeping that company page ticking over. And to go back to your cassette days, think about it like a greatest hits library. You know, the I go back to CDs when you just bought a CD that originally they would have like three good songs and 15 filler tracks. And then you'd wait for the greatest hits album and it would just have all killer, no filler as Trevor Young taught me. Um, and ultimately from that, you want to look at your company page as somewhere that just has the greatest hits. In my opinion right now, and this is probably the first time I've said this out into like a, a recorded, uh, you know, kind of scenario like this, I think we're moving into pay to play for posts on company page to be seen uh, more than what we have it ever been in that process. Facebook was probably here in 2017. We're now here in LinkedIn land. I think they're going to keep pressing us to press the boost button. Does that mean you need to? Absolutely not. There's lots of ways around it, but it is a factor that company page posts don't get seen out in the home feed as much as what personal profiles do. So the main difference is a company pages where all your employees can hang out. If you're ever thinking about selling your business down the track, having other employees, it's kind of like the team place for all of you to come together. Whereas profiles, individuals, employees come and go in a business and so don't put all your eggs in that one basket because I have been that person in a business where I had 5,000 amazing niche community followers and I got poached by a competitor and I took them all with me and the company was left with nothing. So I'm all about, John, bring out the best features of everything and use them in combinations that are really powerful rather than say, that's not it. I'm going to cut that whole thing off. Um, but ultimately, they're a challenge. They can be a bit of a headache at times. Um, and they're certainly, um, but just not something that because of that, I would encourage people just don't ignore it. They're hard. Yes. Move on, you know, learn how to use them properly. I've heard you use that um, greatest hits analogy um, in relation to company pages before. And in terms of company pages, I totally accept it. But I have to say, as a music fan, I'm a little bit troubled by it because I'm kind of fanatical. And I didn't mention this to you before, but we bonded over the fact that we both love rock sets. But I've got 21 albums and 19.4 hours worth of rock set music in my collection. I've got the B-sides. I've got the remixes. I've got the live tracks. That's just the kind of music fan I am. But, the Swedish um, ones. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> those, those obscure things but yeah i but i take your point like it's a great great place to put some of that really good um performing content i guess one of the things i, I kind of bullied sam into um <laughs> doing was creating uh -huh. uh, a company page on linkedin for cute avalanche which is essentially the foster kitten operation that that he uh runs mm -hmm. i'm just wondering do you think it's a good application for for sort of more of a charitable type cause and and what might you recommend if if the answer is yes <laughs> look i think if you're looking to raise awareness there's definitely places i think and the kind of people that make donations or adopt kittens or whatever the goal is you know that you're trying to achieve 
if they're professional people, they're hanging out on LinkedIn, why not grab them while they're hanging out here? Maybe they're not here as often. Maybe it's a different way. They're in a different mood. Maybe you're not fighting for as much, you know, competition in that. But I think there are definitely tools that people can use. Um, and again, if you repurposing things that already exist to bring over here and it's just another place that you can you know potentially build another audience i think there's lots of value again it always comes back to what's the goal that we're trying to achieve right. and then we work backwards what res resources do we have and then okay where are we going to spend our time so sam's probably going to spend most of his time you know over on his personal profile but then you might go oh hang on a minute Sam would prefer to promote that he's a live stream consultant rather than his, you know, I'm not going to call it your side hustle because it's a passion, you know, a passion of yours and you're doing such an amazing job, but you don't want to confuse people. So a company page for that is a great way to still build up a brand, but not confuse people with what you might be doing in your day to day. Now, I'm not saying you can't mix it, I, I, you know, but again, it's your strategy that we've got to have a look at and say, I, it's okay. I'm Sam and I am the cat guy and this is part of what I do. And I'm a live stream consultant and you might mix them and use them. But I always, you know, like to look at it. How can you use the company page to build up your personal brand and how can you use your personal brand to build up the company page? And, you know, when you find the balance between those two things, that's when it starts to really happen. But um, yeah, again, it comes down to how much time and resources do you have? Right. Yeah, oh, that's a really good that. Yeah, that gives me a lot to think about. Actually, it, it really put it into an interesting perspective. Sure. I just want to uh, mention this this comment. Um, <laughs> Said saying LinkedIn users are basically just humans. It's funny you say that because my whole goal on LinkedIn these days is just making people aware that I'm a real person looking to talk to other real people because there are some very strange. Um, spammy accounts there are some some people with some very odd thought leadership uh things happening there so i'm just i you know i just try to show up as a real person and try to be helpful and, and just see what happens <laughs> i think um, like whilst it may have been said in jest i still think that people come to linkedin and think we have to perform a particular way and throw away the human side of us you know and it would be the equivalent of showing up with, you know, the suit and tie and very formal. And I think that's what people bring to LinkedIn is this perception yeah. of I have to be, you know, I think Leah Turner calls it like corporate Colin, you know, like it, it's just, you know, that buttoned up stiff, I'm a LinkedIn version of myself. And if I can encourage the listeners today to throw that away, we want what I call your digital twin, whoever you are and whatever you are off the platform, be that on LinkedIn and the less difference there is between the two things, the more you feel like yourself, you will enjoy it. It comes across. People get to know you. And like you said, the right people get to know you. The real people get to know you. And you end up in a really happy place surrounded by people that you like, I get value from these people. They're, you know, like-minded or they teach me things or they're supporters. It can be all kind of mix. But I just find that there's this, oh, my God, I've got to be LinkedIn, Michelle. And that means I can't say this or do this or, you know, and it's just it feels horrendous. It's like me trying to be YouTube, Michelle. You know, it was mm -hmm. so bad. It was wrong. Like for yep. me, and I'm sure it came across in the videos because like if you see any of my other content, it, it's going to be so jarring. You're like, why is Michelle like that over here? But you come and come and grab her on LinkedIn and have a look at it like LinkedIn Live. She's nowhere like that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just bringing those things together. 
and say it's just saying I always wear a tie when I scroll through LinkedIn. And a monocle. <laughs> well, thank I'll you so much for. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Michelle. It's it's always great to to hang out with you. Um, I I suspect I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Where can people <laughs> find find you and sort of connect with you and and learn all of the things? Where do you think? Let me think for a moment. I don't know. Let's go and find me on LinkedIn. But I'm going to say it's Michelle J. Raymond. And the reason the J is there is because there are thousands of Michelle Raymonds on the platform. um, And I want you to find me easily. So if you listened and enjoyed, please reach out. Let me know. This is where you heard me first. So I can thank Sam and John for allowing me to come on the show. Awesome. Um, so thank you so much. And just uh, just hold on the line. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat after this as well. But um, Sam, as we begin to wrap up, um, yeah. thank you to everybody in the chat. It's been amazing. Um, I really enjoyed sort of keeping up with all of that. But where can people find out more about you, Sam, and learn all the good things? Yeah, you can find me over at samproof.tv. All of my social links are in the top left there. And I'm streaming in all of the places now that Twitch dropped their require or uh, restrictions on multicasting. So you can watch me live on your favorite platform, except LinkedIn. Sorry, I don't do that just yet. Um, and if you want to see cats, head over to cuteavalanche.com, which also multicasts to all the platforms and not LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might get you over there one day, but if you want to check out anything I'm doing, you can head over to johnlacy.com. I've got a whole bunch of articles and, and things about live streaming and OBS Studio and different things. But again, thank you everybody for joining us. It's been so much fun. We actually really would love to get more guests on future shows. So yeah. if you think there's something you can you can share with our audience, we'd love to hear from you. So um, stay in touch and we'll talk to you again soon.